Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. series where we talk about news and discuss the applications uh, relevant to the global unmanned technology community. I'm your program host, Patrick Egan, and as we always do, let's say hello and welcome to our co-host, Mr. Gene Robinson. Hey, Gene, how's it going? Hello, Patrick, and uh, my dear viewers and listeners, uh, I guess it's listeners, I'll apologize for making us late this morning. I was out Doing the Dawn Patrol thing at the Forensics Anthropology Research Facility out there, still working on that, uh, detecting those clandestine graves. So I was out there early, and, you know, contrary to popular belief, the the Texas Hill Country is just not completely covered with 5G yet. So uh, I I couldn't get dialed in. So that's my excuse, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, 5G, 4G. I know that's, uh, you know, that was, and one of the subjects today will be the UTM. And, you know, they had the the network UTM. And it's like, I mean, as soon as you get, even here in California, Northern California, you get off the the main roads or whatever, and it goes away. And I even have this hiking app, you know, oh, you know, your maps and you use it on your cell phone. Okay, so I'm out in the backcountry and there's no service out there. Um, so it's kind of, I'm back to the, the, uh, compass and the map, uh, which is interesting. That's a, that's a tough one, especially, you know, the, uh, the, the, the magnetic North pole is, is changing. So some of these maps are, you know, 20 years old and the declination is off. So it makes for an interesting oh, yeah. time, but gives you something to do in between. The uh, fact that you can that you can still orienteer using a compass, Patrick, it just makes you a Renaissance man. Uh, you know, most people just use their cell phones. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, uh, if that system goes down or the G, you know, GPS system goes down, what are you going to do? But you don't want to get lost with me. Um, I mean, cause I'm not going to say that uh, I'm that good. I think I'm good. But I don't know how good I am. No, I you know I usually don't get lost, but um, you know, touch wood. Anyway, so uh, yeah, so and then you know one other thing I was actually discussing the uh, the work at the body farm with Hawkeye, and uh, some of those bodies have they have like caging or or wire over them, right, to to deter animal, let's say. Involvement isn't that true? That's you are correct, sir. And uh, well, it depends on what sort of study uh, they're doing. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, summer before last, um, I was involved with a uh, small animal predation program where they mm. they placed uh, half a dozen or so 
uh, volunteers out there and left him on the surface completely clothed and and they studied just exactly what what kind of activity there was they had game cams and of course i was out there flying the drone and you know taking pictures and uh, uh apparently it was a, a a very good uh uh phd presentation uh or it was either a doctorate or a master's i'm not sure which but uh apparently it was going yeah so yeah they put uh put cages over them you know and and uh, if they just want to you know watch for insects and if uh if not then they leave them in the open and we watch what goes on there and you know of course with ours where we we actually had another placement day before yesterday and and uh, my job is to go out there every day at oh my god 30 before the sun comes up and uh, see what sort of heat signatures we pick up uh, that you know come percolating up through the soil. So uh, some interesting science, uh, you know, and I think it's going to be a game changer because we've already figured out some things that uh, you know our, our little drones can do to to find those clandestine graves. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm sure all of it is, uh, you know, you get, let's say, past the initial uh, hmm, uh, factor and then, you know, start learning. I'm sure it's pretty interesting. But, yeah, I thought I remember you saying that, you know, because I'm sure, you know, nobody's going to let um, – usually, you know, my experience in the nature thing is this, nobody's going to let anything, let's say, uh, go. When there's nope. a resource out there, they're like, hmm. You know, no, there's no uh, grocery store to go to. So, no, no, and they they are very opportunistic, and uh, you know, some some are carnivores and some are herbivores and some are both. Right. So, right, yeah. well, that's interesting. Um, well, you know, I wanted to uh, you know reflect on the year that was 2020, and um, then also talk about some things moving forward in 2021, but. Uh, you know, and there's a lot of uh, subjects that we could talk about. You know, one of the big ones that uh, phone's been ringing off the hook is the RID thing. I don't know if you read the short tome that was the the rule. Did you did you look at that? Did you did peruse it. Did you I just... did, as a matter of fact. I, I looked it over, and of course, uh, I'm looking at it from a public safety eye, and. Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of unanswered questions that uh, that we're we're pondering as well. Yeah, I don't think, and as I kind of said early on, um, I, I do, do not believe that this is the gateway to flying over people and uh, beyond visual line of sight. I, you know, and and it and it rang true. I got because I've been saying it for a while. You know, if you don't have certification of these aircraft systems, the RID doesn't ensure security or safety um, <laughs> over no, people. No, it just uh, identifies who smacked the uh, the person on the ground. Exactly. But, you know, then there's there's also issues with security as far as I'm concerned because everybody knows that Wi-Fi and Bluetooth are spoofable and hackable. I mean, we've, we've known this for a long time. And, you know, I guess the FAA is late to the party on that one. But uh, I, this is not secure at all. Um, it's so poorly put together and planned, uh, you know, it, it just, you know, I think it really kind of helps to illustrate uh, where we're at in the, the airspace integration thing. You know, it also Congress came out and said, oh, you know, we want a 90 days to tell us where you're going with this beyond visual line of sight thing. And I think people forget, um, you know, that 
the Congress passed in the, in the 2012 reauthorization in the law that the FAA would integrate all drones into the NAS in September of 2015. You remember that? I do. I remember that. And the FAA said air traffic control. I mean, this is, and this is how stupid this is. They just came out and said, well, ATC is not going to be ready. So go pound sand. Oh, really? Why aren't they going to be ready? No real explanation. They knew the deadline was coming. They thumbed their nose at the uh, uh, Congress, you know, and the lawmakers. Um, and, you know, there was no data to support their um, assertions or, or um, um, assumptions, let's say. As far as I, I didn't see anything, although they're not very uh, public um, with with their data. So, you know, here we are, 2020, five years late on that. We've got this RID thing. It's, it's you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's piss poor. Um, it doesn't facilitate any of the goals that they said that it would. And it was really predicated on, you know, shafting the hobbyist. And now we see on the DAC that the uh, AMA doesn't even have representation on the DAC, you know. People keep talking, well, you know, oh. you kind of go ahead. Well, uh, that was another thing that you failed to mention about 2020. You and I both uh, applied for the DAC, and we didn't qualify. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I did ask about that because mine, I sent mine in, and you know, said I, you know, I'm I'm impartial. I don't really have any products to sell. I've got a you know vast experience with all of the standards groups globally. Uh, was on the small UAS arc. Yeah. So you know. If you look at the people that did get on there, um, you know, some of them have lobbyists. And that's another thing I wanted to touch on. I, I think people think, oh, you know, these lobbyists are experts. They're not really experts. They're connected. Um, and they do, you know, for your six figures or whatever you're paying them, um, are able to, you know, they do quid pro quo. There's favors for the USIO. You know, they tell people to do errands for them and they do and whatnot. So you can you can get a little bit of uh, inside baseball on that deal. So, you know, one of the other things I've been bellyaching about for years is that it would appear that the Chinese have more say in the um, rulemaking for the U.S. mass <laughs> than, uh, let's say, your citizenry. And that would be the uh, unaffiliated hobbyist and now even the AMA. I mean, the AMA, you know, we got to be, we got to play nice to have a seat at the table. Yeah, I mean, the F or AMA got shafted so hard. I mean, I sent uh, Chad and Rich, I don't know if Rich retired, and the other leadership at uh, AMA, uh, an email, which is part of the long trail of emails for years, asking them what the plan was. And uh, so I just emailed them yesterday, one word, winning, um, it, it's that bad. Um, so, you know, now you're on the, basically on the reservation, which you're grandfathered in. We've talked about this before. Uh, I don't, you know, know where you, where you live, if land is starting to get expensive it here, where I live in California, 10 acres, that's close to a road with power, um, ADA equipped bathrooms and all the rest of that stuff. Very expensive. I do not see, um, lots of new fields in the future. I really don't No. How about, Texas, no, what do you think? I, I, well, I, you know, we, we have, we're blessed with uh, enough open areas that we can get away with a lot of stuff. And, of course, you know that, you know, the, the enforcement uh, arm of the uh, FAA has been pretty lax. Um, now, in the, 
the larger major metro, metropolitan areas, I think you're going to find that the hobby is, if they do start pushing it, it's going to be dead. Uh, they won't survive. Well, and, and that, uh, you know, is the shot in the foot heard around the world. I mean, you know, you see there's there's regulation in the EU and in, uh, you know, UK and, you know, all these different places. And it's it's what I would call draconian. Uh, you know, the, the other thing is, is obviously we don't have expertise. Well, people have to know this that are on the DAC. I mean, you'd have to be a... Um, uh, wait, don't, 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 don't overstep that one. <laughs> you, you could. You... <laughs> well, yeah, that's a family show. But uh, the thing is, is you know, a traditional RC hobby is self-limiting. You know, you uh, fly beyond visual line of sight, and you're either going to lose your aircraft or crash. So um, it's much. not yeah. really what you have is you have the um, quadcopter folks basically claiming that they're RC hobbyists and, you know, I'm just out here hobbyist doing whatever I want to do, but that's not your traditional RC hobby. And I think that could have been carved out, you know, no autonomous aids, you know, it, it very easy to fix. I think uh, talking to other people really, you, they needed the FAA needed the numbers of the hobbyists to be uh, certificated or, you know, registered or whatever, uh, to make it look like they had a problem. And and have done stories about that with the cumulative numbers of, of registrations and even pilot certificates. If you look at who is in compliance with the, the, the FARS, the, the numbers are a lot less um, than what's on the FAA's webpage now, Let's, which I'm working on a story, so I have those actual numbers right now. Yeah, you got uh, 1,000,000.756... 885 drones registered, according to the FAA, and that was off of their website December 15th. Um, and, and, and remember, you know, there was an estimate that there were going to be 7 million drones registered by, I think, 2020. And so we are 5 million short. How many of those uh, 1.7 million drones are sitting in closets um, and are not, you know, let's say, registered to fly? And it's the same with the, the remote pilot certificates. You know, those are cumulative numbers. They've got 204,796 remote pilot uh, certified, and that's from the FAA's website. But how many of those people are actually, uh, let's say, current? Uh, so that's a cumulative number. So, I, you know, I, I think that the, the problem has been a little overblown, you know. What do yeah. you think? Yeah, I, you know. <laughs> I have to question the numbers, to be quite honest with you. Um, I mean, don't you think? I mean, uh, uh, there are a lot more folks out there flying than are registered, I'm sure. Um, you know, I'm sure that there's that. I'm, I'm, but what I, I think is the what we have here is a compliance issue. Um, and then I also think we have a the sky's falling issue. Um, well, I believe now, that. Now, Patrick, we know that when we were grounded from basically from 2006 on, that there were people out there that were killing it, making money, and they were non-compliant as they could be. But there they were, and well, those same people, if they have the wherewithal, are going to be continuing that same thing. 
Oh, and they are. I mean, basically, and that's another, you know, uh, I think self-evident truth here is, is that really there is not, um, let's say, enough work in the visual line of sight envelope to, let's say, sustain the investment um, that's needed to, you know, say, let's say, come up with domestic um, hardware solutions even software solutions besides, you know, app-based stuff, uh, it's going to be hard. And then when you get into the certified aircraft, which is another subject I wanted to talk about, um, I think it's going to even be tougher for people, especially if you see, like, what we have in this, um, you know, remote ID thing where basically DJI got a mandate that their existing system uh, of broadcast is going to work. You know, there's going to be uh, there. That's another thing is you know there's patents and whatnot. So these these are you know very difficult obstacles to overcome, and I think the only way that you're going to get this by um, is through a couple of means, and one is uh, you know agreed. Um, and a blind eye or just people that are in over their head. And I'm going to say, you know, right now I'm going to, you know, throw out a qualifier. I am not, an, uh, let's say, an aviation law expert. But there are so many people in this business that are that are going for the Part 135 and the drone delivery, and they're getting, they're paying a lot of money for bad advice. And hopefully that'll be one of the stories that's coming out in 2021. There are going to be a lot of experts and advocates, and even the FAA are going to have egg all over their face. That's coming. It'll be like, you know, the Precision Hawk story uh, times probably a factor of five, and it ought to be interesting. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people will uh, be in a situation where they they spent a lot of EC money, um, good money after bad. But, you know, that's how I think that this, this goes on. You know, and I'm starting to think that it's just like some sort of revolving VC funded cash register or casino where people are using their money, uh, you know, when you buy houses and you spread it around and you get, you know, you get to be on uh, pay to be on the Forbes 40 under 40 or, you know, whatever you want to pay to be a part of. And, uh, you know, you look like you're you're a, um, a visionary, a technology visionary which is another thing we could go on to. But, you know, uh, there's a little bit to unpack there. I mean, what do you, you know, what do you think? I mean, when you, when you see this, uh, this, this regulation that comes out in policy and whatnot, I mean, what, how do you rationalize it? I, you know, I don't know. As a man pilot, you know, we watched the same thing with ADSB. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw that, uh, you know, they, they mandated that it had to be done by 20 and they gave us, you know, incentives like a $500 incentive to have your plane converted. And, and, and they said much the same thing that ATC was not ready. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it, and they still, you know, I fully expected that the 2020 mandate would be extended and they didn't. And, uh, the ATC managed, I guess, um, I haven't heard anything on the inside there, but I think we're in in a very same similar situation with this RID. And, and you know, I'm wondering just how how much is the final rule going to really change before it becomes final? You know what I mean? Um, no, that's a, that's a good point. Uh, and, and, you know, something else that I wanted to touch on when you finish your thought, and, and, and I want people to realize this, too, you, know, just, you have to re-educate people 
you know, without sounding like I'm wearing the Mao jacket. <clears throat> um, you know, people have to realize that <laughs> you have a lot of, uh, you know, you, your your perspective on this is like a 20-year thing. Plus, you're a man, guys. So when, when you, you know, we're talking about this, there's there's lots of experience here. So they're speaking from lots of experience. Um, I do think that uh, there are going to be changes, and I think that there were changes right up until um, this rule was published. And I say that because, you know, people were like kind of going back and forth. There's going to be broadcast. They're going to be networked UTM. Now that, you know, and if it was networked, I could see that it might uh, get us a little closer to the beyond visual line of sight thing. However, I think that the cohort that the uh, FAA had put together was looking for a return on investment. Some of these uh, cell phone companies have been, um, you know, involved and buying startups that keep pivoting their way to profit. I mean, every six months or a year, oh, we're going to pivot into this, you know. So you aren't making any money over there. Now you think you're going to pivot into this and you're going to make money. So I did get a call from... Uh, a woman that owned a company and she told me, oh, you know, this UTM, it's going to be network and we're working with T-Mobile and it's going to roll out in 2021 and the RID part of it's going to be free because you'll have your, uh, your, your package uh, for data. So we're just going to throw RID in there for free. And I'm like, hmm, well, that's interesting. So I have to buy this system and pay this monthly subscription to be in on this then you know so that got dropped probably i'm going to say probably in october or november um so things changed right up into the the um publication uh, of the rule and i think they had to drop it because i hear that there are changes coming in uh, I, I think either end of january or february um and so they had to to get this thing, rush it, and get it out. But I don't know if the uh, patent that, that Kenji, you know, filed. I mean, that, that's a whole other one I want to talk about. But anyway, I don't I don't know if they thought that was too hard of a sell or it was going to be too expensive, if there were patents covering it or what the problem was, but they dropped it late in the game. Did you hear anything about that? Well, I mean, you probably should explain to our listeners what that patent was about. And... Uh, uh, how it came about and where the knowledge for that patent arose from. That might help our, our listeners a little bit. You want to elucidate on that? Well, go, 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 go for, for it. it. I, no, you, you, you've got the inside scoop. So uh, uh, let's hear it. Well, you know, from what I uh, ascertained out of the story is, you know, the patent was filed in uh, 2018 Supposedly, it uh, came from a white paper that was given to the FAA as part of the uh, remote ID and tracking uh, arc that they put together. My thing with it, you know, and, and I don't want to beat up on, on poor Kenji, but, you know, his deal was, was he was out there on the boards telling people he was couch surfing. And, you know, I'm, I'm on here as part as a, you know, representative Doug of Doug, you know, drug users group and, and, you know, this is a grassroots thing. Well, that's not really the case because he was peddling his, his own uh, RID in, the, uh, in, in that effort. And then you go out and you file a patent. And, and I've got to be honest with you. I mean, I talk to people all the time that have uh, patents or provisional patents or whatever that they've been trying to get. Years, years. And, uh, you know, they've got to struggle and go back and forth and whatever else. 
And it looks, you know, from the file date that this 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 patent came through in less than two years. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe the stars aligned and it just happened. I, I got FOIA requests into the FAA that are older than that that still haven't been, you know, answered. So, and that's relatively simple. Yeah, yeah, you can sit at the, you know, keyboard and answer the question. So those are uh, some some insights into that. I, I, I you know, I, as I recall, you know, my, um, let's say, participation in these, these uh, panels and, action teams and the rest of this whatever you know they want you to sign ndas you can't talk about it you're not supposed to you know use ip people are supposed to protect their ip things like that in these efforts this just just seems uh bizarre to me what's your take um yeah you know and and the kind of things that we participated in in the past we we always kept it on the qt when it was necessary to do so i you know the the world is changing patrick and and uh you know maybe it's just as the, that ethic is uh um not a priority anymore maybe um that's kind of the way i see it and uh it's unfortunate but uh, i wished i would have done something to be honest with you like that and chances are i might be sitting on that you know beach in tahiti with the drink with the umbrella in it at this point but, uh, gosh, to, it just didn't work out that way. Listening to Jimmy Buffett. That's it. You know, That's it. There's shrimp on the barbecue there. Um, well, you know, I, I, you know I, I guess that's what you do is you use these things as a, you know, for personal game. I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I just uh, I thought we were trying to build a um, – Mystic aerospace ecosystem. You know, maybe I was—I didn't get the, the memo or something. I don't—I uh, don't know. But I will say that GA and as a whole in this country is is whew, um, the estimates that they did um, 20 years ago and 10 years ago, and by they I mean the FAA, or where GA would be, are uh, Nowhere, where nowhere near where they estimated it to be. I mean, I, I I was reading an article about the LSA sales even in 2019 were in the hundreds. And you remember uh, we got the rah rah speech. I think uh, was uh, mm-hmm. Earl Lawrence was at the uh, the ASTM thing in Reno and talking about how great that the LSA standard was going to save GA and oh god it's going to be great and it's not saving GA. The only thing that really did was was uh, Make the medical standards, let's say, less um, less stringent. And then I think since then, even the GA stuff has kind of come down. So whatever. Uh, those aircraft are really expensive, even though they're using community-based standards. Remember that? I don't know if you remember that. I remember them talking thirty-five. Oh, I do. Dollars. Very well. Uh, remember that. And uh, yeah, you're right. And 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 I I will have to admit that the the. Relaxing of the medical standards for uh, manned aviation has certainly helped me. I mean, I don't have to go pay $150 every, you know, two years to to get it done. I can do the the, the wellness thing and and be on down the road. But uh, well, I even remember under the COA thing. Remember they were busting your chops on the medical thing to fly, uh, uh, get the COA, you know, and I, I, it was it's ridiculous. I had to have a second class. I know, dude. Yeah, to fly around some foam. I, it just the, the whole deal. Uh, let's say defies logic. 
Um, but, you know, that's part of the perspective that we bring on uh, to this. So anyway, the LSA numbers are way down. The aircraft are in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, I think the, the, the larger LSA manufacturers, Chinese-owned, the whole deal is, is nuts. So what we've seen is we've seen the administrative government in action or administrative rulemaking in action where people can't be fired or held accountable or whatever else. So basically, you just get in there and do whatever the hell you want. You make it up as you go along. And I don't really care what anyone says or thinks. You know, I, I should have a, a Ph.D. in this because I've been watching this nonsense for 20 years. Um. And, and this is just how it goes. You go there, you know, people talk about that seat at the table. Um, you know, the, the FAA dangles carrots in front of people. They think they're going to get some sort of mandate where they're going to make money. Uh, and then they pull the Judas routine on the industry. And there is, I don't know if it's a Judas protection program that they have for these people. You shaft the hobbyist. You could come on. We're going to talk about letting you have a mandate, which was happening here, I believe, in the cohort with the RID thing. Everyone's clamoring and climbing all over themselves to uh, come up with a solution where, you know, you could do their RID. And, and eventually what's going to happen here is, you know, how are you going to collect your landing fees? And that, that's one of the systems that I think that some people tried to roll into this is, uh, you know, how are we going to collect the landing fees to pay for that? That's what, And I think that's another thing the drummers don't understand is, you know, somebody's going to have to pay for all of this eventually. Exactly. And you're not going to so pay fuel tax. You don't get something tax. for nothing. <laughs> what? Yeah. I thought it was free. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't really seen much free. Uh, but, you know, those are, those are things that I think people need to talk about. It's the same deal with the UTM, you know. I mean, who's going to pay for this? And that whole deal, too, I, there's so many issues with UTM, you know, and, and one of the main ones, because I don't want to get into all the technical stuff, because there are still, uh, you know, a lot of technical issues uh, to overcome. But, you know, let's just look at, you know, the work that NASA did, and some people, oh, you're critical of NASA, and it's like, okay, if you want to say that, because you don't want to talk about, um, you know, the shortcomings of the, let's say, FAA's regulatory framework, fine, do whatever you want to do. Um, but, you know, we have two tests. We had the one in Reno, and we had the one down there in Corpus Christi. And in both instances, uh, the, let's say, new kids on the block followed the procedures, filed uh, no TAMs, uh, was on, and they had the added bonus of being on the national news, local news, and everybody in the town talking about these tests that they were going to do out there. And in both instances, you had non-cooperative certified aircraft, certificated pilots, um, invade, non-cooperative, you know, invade the airspace. Uh, and that is, is the tried and true, blessed um, FAA process. So, you know, what, what, is, what, what are we supposed to deduce from that? Are there shortcomings? Somebody slipped up, two in a million? I, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, well, there you go. I mean, there's there's a lot of a lot of this is done by discovery, and uh, I think a lot of the regulations uh, that that we have in front of us, even though they started with good intent and uh, on paper it looked good, by the time the rubber met the road, it was uh, okay. This is not going to work, and that's what happened. 
Yeah, uh, you know, even in the, back to the NASA thing. I mean, I, I uh, you know, got on the interplanetary poo list, telling the NASA people that they would they would not achieve their goals with the money budgeted, and people got nasty about it. You know, um, it's just when when you're going up against the glacier that is the SAA, man, you you gotta. I don't know, billions, you know, get ready to spend billions because uh, these guys just move so slow. Um, and, and in this uh, meandering that you just talked about, you know, we had the best laid plans of mice and man, we're going to do X, Y, and Z. And then when we get it, it's just, uh, it's not even worse the money that the taxpayer got fleeced on the deal. And, then, you know, that's my, my thing. And I really, I'm sorry, but. I think if you've got a, a room of actual SMEs, engineers, uh, people that actually knew aviation law, and they're out there, you know, uh, you put them in a room with a whiteboard, I think they could sit down and, and uh, actually come up with, a, let's say, plausible uh, integration roadmap. But I just don't see anybody wanting to do that. And it, it may be a thing where nobody wants to work themselves out of a job. That's That's a big one. Don't want to work myself out of a job. And again, you know, if you're bringing in a million a year or half a million a year, giving people bad information and perpetuating the problem, you don't want to give that up, you know? That has been the standard. You know it has since, gosh, February 13, 2006. Uh, if and, you'll recall, we were, we were told, we, we jumped on the phone right away with the UAIO. And what were we told? Don't worry, guys. Give it six, eight. You guys will be flying. All right. And it, I, I thought it was, they said months, but I guess they meant years. And that puts us in you uh, know, where yeah. we are with the with the domestic industry. I, I really don't believe. I mean, another day, people don't want to talk about People don't want to badmouth the 1,000-pound uh, gorilla in the room uh, being the DJI. But uh, anybody thinks that there's going to be some American drone company that catches them and their market share is uh, hitting the medicinal or recreational weed at this point uh, without, um, you know, billion dollars in, in uh, investment. Just not happening, uh, in my estimation. What, what do you think? Uh, there's no way. Uh, yeah, they've, they've gotten way too far ahead of the game. And, you know, you and I have said this how many times, Patrick? They make a damn good product. You know, they listen to their their users and and they adapted and you know, kind of now they've gotten to the point where they they really don't have to make changes, but they can keep producing you know products that are you know cutting edge and that that work well. And we're going to buy them. And uh, now that uh, you know we've we've got the economic. Uh, deregulation to China that's about to occur, that's, you know, it's going to be wide open for them. And if you're thinking about getting into manufacturing uh, an American-made UA, um, wow, good luck. You know, the old joke about, you know, how to make a small fortune in the UA business is to start with a big fortune. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we do have some contenders, and I mean, if you notice, if you go to their websites, you know, that, that they had the FTC made them take down their made in the USA uh, claims because uh, they were overstating that, and that's okay too, you know, whatever, caveat emptor, and all the rest of that. But uh, yeah, 
the other thing is, is that, you know, somebody else, and uh, I really don't want to out the company, but, you know, oh, USA, you know, and somebody uh, bought a, a crashed um, UA off of eBay, and they sent me pictures from the inside, and it's China. So, I, you know, and then we also had people talking about, you know, uh, I, I'd say, you know, the labor cost in China trying to catch up the regulatory environment or whatever. And, you know, well, well, you know, DJI uses robots. Yeah, they use robots, but do all their suppliers using robots? Or are they using, you know, basically, uh, say, cheap labor? You know, the, the, I don't want to go into the connotations of, of forced labor, but whatever. Um, so, you know, you have a supply chain that is, that is based on that. Very hard to uh, with the way the things are in Europe or, or America to produce something at that price point. Um, I'm not saying that we don't have the technology or can't make it happen. We just can't do it at that price point. And, uh, you know, that also, uh, you know, there's an article. I, I read the uh, Chinese People's Daily every morning. That's where I go to first. And I may have mentioned that, maybe you heard that. And, and actually, you know, uh, people laugh at it, but uh, you want to get the news early, you go right there. And today they had, uh, they're doing this uh, the, the story about uh, weather modification with large drones. Um, you know, I, I talked to Paul McCready over there at Aero Environment about doing this concept at, in the early 2000s. And, you know, um, here, here they are. China's leading the way. And, and remember, you know, 10 short years ago, China, it'll never happen. The Chinese will never be able to do anything. Yep. They laughed about the $1,000 Chinese UAV. They'll never be able to do anything as sophisticated. And then everybody laughed about the military drones and the full-size drones and all the rest of it. Well, you know, you're laughing, and, and they've got these products, and they're a quarter of the price of the legacy vendor uh, products. So they're going to beat you at that game, too. I, I I don't know if it's all blind eye or people are making money or, you know, a version of reality. I, I, I really don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what you going to do, though, right? Well, I mean, I, I think that they were totally underestimated, and I think that people in this country were riding on their laurels of the Cold War, you know, and, and how the other the rest of the world was. So you know whatever, and then um, you know, and then I, I, I do. I don't. I want to take an opportunity to beat up on the FAA. Everybody's like, hey, you can't beat up on the FAA, but this DAC thing. I want to come back to the DAC thing, and we're moving forward. And there's a lot of work that needs to be done on the DAC thing. And uh, you know, so they picked some people, and I'm not going to say they're qualified or unqualified. I did ask for uh, the criteria for selection, but I've been asking for that for God knows how, probably the whole four years that. Uh, the thing has been running or whatever, uh, and nobody can provide it. And that's okay. But the idea, in my estimation, I mean, I sent an email back to the uh, stakeholder representative at the, over there at the USIO. And, and I did say that I, I know how to read a, uh, you know, 14 CFR part 107.31 waiver, unlike uh, the co-chair of, of the DAC from Precision Hawk, you know, I don't understand how the FAA could, in good conscience, have an industry co-chair expert whose company was out of compliance uh, with their waiver for over a year. Am I missing something? What do you think? Uh, Well, you know, again, we're we're talking about the enforcement 
side of, of things, and that has always been weak. Oh, well, they, they yeah. closed down the investigations and, and uh, said no problem. Without even, you know, without reading logbooks. And this is the Pathfinder thing. The, the, the FAA was supposedly getting, you know, tap these people. The whole reason they were doing this is so they could get that data that they need to, uh, you know, move the regulatory thing apart. So how does the FAA, with a straight face, say, oh, we didn't know this was going on for 15 or 18 months. Took us, you know, uh, you know that long to fix the problem. And say you're collecting data. I, it just, I, I don't understand. I'm missing that there's a, like a disconnect that I'm missing here. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I understand. And explaining that disconnect is uh, the $64,000 question, isn't it? Well, it is. But, I mean, you know, to, to any fair-minded person, I mean, it, to, to me it looks like, you know, the the DAC the, the is damaged goods. This, this gentleman's damaged goods, but you still have them uh, on there and, and running the show. <laughs> the kicker on the deal is I posted that um, WAPO article on LinkedIn, and that had 30, I don't know, 35,000 views, okay, and that was just recently. And I had actually a, another consultant beat me up. Well, you have to took this out of context. You didn't tell people this was from a few years ago. Like the dates on the article, man. You know, I'm not hiding anything here. And the the other issue with it is, is if you uh, run a process that doesn't have any issues, then you don't have to be embarrassed by the history of the dysfunction. You know, I mean, does that make sense? I mean, I didn't do that. I didn't cover it up. I didn't do it in secret. I didn't <laughs> let the Chinese toy company run their own, uh, you know, subcommittee without memorializing it. That wasn't me. I didn't do that. I'm just paid for it, you know. So I, I think people um, either are, you know, trying to get in good graces, um, don't understand what's going on, or again, you know, don't want to give up on that uh, work themselves out of a job thing. I don't know. What do you think? Well, Patrick, again, you misconceptualize how that all came down, don't you know? That, that's <laughs> okay. not the way it came down. Okay, so you just you you're you're again being a loose cannon, and you're you're pointing out inconvenient truths that uh, you know have other explanations. See, that's why you're here to so help keep me grounded. <laughs> In yeah, I'm sorry, but yeah, that's that's the way it is, Patrick, and you're just uh, you're misconceptualizing things completely. <sighs> well, yeah, there I was. <laughs> thinking about this whole safety of the NAS thing. Well, you know, that's fine, too. I just think as it goes on, uh, there's there's less and less, um, let's say, competence. And I do know, you know, I do, I, to get things out quickly, I do post a lot of stuff on uh, LinkedIn, and then it goes to the Twitter, whatever. A uh, lot, of, lot of private messages from people that are, you know, concerned about some of these same things, but unfortunately, they're, they're just... Uh, I guess afraid to speak up, you know. Um, but on the other hand, you know they they have you know six figure a year plus jobs that aren't carving up chainsaw bears. So you know maybe that's why they want to keep going. That's a that's a career move that I'm considering, by the way. Chainsaw bears, <laughs> yeah. I know I got to get better at that um, personally. The chainsaw bears. There is a guy here locally here. He's got a mobile. Chainsaw carving business. He'll come out to your house, carve up the stuff for you. Have you thought about that? 
It's a career move. I'm gonna I'm gonna trade in all my drone equipment and and buy me some uh, custom chainsaws and convert my mobile command unit over to do that very thing. I think that's a hell of an idea. It is, you know. Um, well, anyway, you know, it's a good uh, conversation. I think we, you know. Um, Covered a lot of subjects. Moving forward, I, I mean, I wish I had something definitive. You know, you anything that was definitive for people to say, "Hey, if this is going to happen, or we're going to," you know, do you do you have anything? Oh, oh, I, you know, my crystal ball uh, has been in the shop for about the last two years, and uh, <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. Well, I would uh, agree with you because um, I'm I'm, I'm kind of out of predictions. I mean, I've been predicting this stuff for, or saying, I'm not really predicting, just saying, hey, this is what's going to happen if you do this for not a long time. And none of this should be a surprise to anyone. And if anyone's bewildered or wringing your hands or whatever else, there's plenty of historical data um, that kind of shows how this process works. So, you know, whatever you want to do with that. But anyway, uh, thanks for... Uh, Coming in today to to work and uh, being on the podcast <laughs> yeah. and, and offering your insights and keeping me grounded and whatever else. And then, uh, I, you know, we have some more uh, interesting guests um, that we're going to have on this year. People have been asking more, well, you know, who's going to be on? And we're working on that. So, uh, again, thanks, Gene, and uh, Happy New Year. And uh, Happy New Year to you, and, and uh, let's not forget that uh, I, I will be coming in and acting as your therapist here soon as well. So. All right, free therapy, I like that. Um, all right, well, that sounds good, and until uh, next time, everyone, have a, have a good one. See ya. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.